Hello, and welcome to the Community Bible Reading Podcast. My name is Daniel Jansen. I'm going to be your host. I'm the pastor of Imago Day Church in Downey, and this is the inaugural, the first episode of this, uh, hopefully, frequent podcast where we open up the scriptures and see what God has to say. And so uh, our passage today is we've been, we've been working in our CBR through the book of Jeremiah, and today is May 24th, 2018. And so as we've been working through Jeremiah, we're actually just in the middle of Jeremiah. So our passage today is a rather famous passage, chapter 29. And so if you haven't already uh, read that passage, I would, I would encourage you maybe to, to even pause this podcast and read it, um, to pray and ask that God would uh, help open your eyes to see um, the truth of who he is and what he's accomplished and who you are in light of that uh, and what he's calling you to do. So just to, to pray through that uh, and, then, and then read the passage and we can talk about it in a second. So pause. All right, I'm assuming you're back. All right, so uh, having read that, um, just want to give share a couple insights, help us process and see what's really happening in the passage and, and get a better handle on, on what the text is uh, communicating. So just beginning kind of verse one, it says, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people, who are these people? Whom Nebuchadnezzar, that's a king, had taken into exile, this is important, from Jerusalem to Babylon. So the context of this letter that Jeremiah is writing is the context of exile. Uh, People had been taken from the city of Jerusalem. They'd been conquered, um, defeated in battle, and they are taken away from the royal city of God into, away from their homeland, into a foreign land where they are a minority and marginalized people. This is the background. uh, Daniel chapter 1 talks about this, and you can can read about that there. And so the the letter that Jeremiah writes here, 29, is what does it look like to to live in this exilic place? What do you do? And uh, verse 4 through 7 answers that. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, this is what I'm saying to all the exiles who I have sent from into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what you do. Build houses and live within them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. What do you do? You you seek the welfare of the city. You, I mean, honestly, some of that what, what he describes just seems really ordinary, doesn't it? Like planting gardens. What do you do? You eat their produce. You know what I mean? It's just saying you you carry on with life. This is what you do when you're in exile. Even though you're in a foreign land, you you are not. In the city of God, you are not experiencing maybe um, the uh, fortune and uh, that, that, that you would have hoped to have had, right? He's saying, no, 
continue to live life in this sort of faithful, um, ordinary way. And even this is kind of radical. He says, verse seven, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. That word um, welfare is this idea of like shalom, which means peace and prosperity, the goodness, the, 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 the wholeness, like, like seek the, the welfare of that foreign place, that place that took you into exile, right? That place that you might be tempted to see as your enemy. He's saying, actually seek its benefit, seek its good. Basically, he's saying, I'm behind this. God is saying, I'm the one who sent you into exile, ultimately, verse 4. And so while you're there, embrace that the time, so to speak, is not now. Embrace that this is not the full picture. And, and what you need to do is follow God faithful, faithfully. And while you are in this minority place, while you are absent of power and privilege that you would want or hope to have, be a witness through your ordinary, everyday life to, to who God is by loving, being a, a citizen, helping, showing um, uh, that you are there for their good. And so then in light of that, he says, uh, verse 11, right, which uh, is a verse I guarantee you have heard, which is this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You've seen this verse without a doubt on a coffee cup or a t-shirt or a tote bag or something. It's one of those verses that every Christian knows. Um, It's this beautiful promise. uh, uh, I know the plans that I have for you, not for evil, plans to give you a future and a hope. And uh, what's important as you read this verse is to really understand the context that he's writing in. Because this promise that God gives, uh, I know the plans, right? This promise is not about your job or about the economy. This is not a promise about your boyfriend or your girlfriend. This is not a promise about your future in terms of what school you're going to get into or what promotion you're going to have or or any thing like that, if, looking at the context of like the actual passage, verse 11 is about verse 10, <laughs> right? So that's the immediate context. Verse 11 is about verse 10. Here's verse 10. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and I will bring you back to this place. I'll bring you back to Jerusalem in 70 years for I know the plans that I have for you plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So he's saying, you're going to be in this exile. You're going to be in this foreign land for 70 years. 70. Like that, that's a long time. But I will bring you back, for I know the plans that I have for you, that ultimately this exilic place is not the end. Verse 12, when I bring you back, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where, this is important, I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent 
you into exile. So just these beautiful verses that are there with these beautiful promises, but you want to read carefully. He's carefully got to say, I, God, have driven you into exile. I am behind this moment in your life. But judgment and exile are not the final word. I have made promises to bless, and I'm going to keep those promises. And so your call, right, is, is to repent, right? Call upon me, come, pray to me, seek me, right? Your call is to trust. Your call is to wait. More or less, God is saying, I am sovereign. I know what I'm doing, right? Um, trust me. Even in the bleakest of times, I am faithful to my promise. And what you need to do right now is posture your life and your heart to trust me and seek me. That's what's happening. So there are people that, if you look at that verse 11, right? I know the plans that I have for you. Um, There are people that will hate on this verse and be like, oh, you like Jeremiah 29, 11, huh? Well, that verse doesn't apply to you unless you are in Babylon, sucker. So stop being so biblically illiterate. And uh, those people do exist. But there is a point that they have that you, you, you must read this in context. This promise of 29.11 is, is definitely not a promise about your job. It's not a promise about your future in terms of um, at all what will happen in your life. If you're going through difficulty in your marriage uh, and, and you're reading this verse and saying, oh, this means that, that everything is going to be okay in my marriage, that's not actually what this verse is talking about. Um, it, 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 he's writing to this people that are in exile in Babylon, and it's for them. But what it does reveal is God's character and heart and that God has a commitment to his promises. So, so God makes promises, which is like crazy when you think about it, because God is under no obligation to do so. Like he doesn't, God doesn't have to promise anything to anybody. He's God. But not only does he, he like makes promises, and then he keeps those promises. And so you, you can know that God is trustworthy. And here's where this really becomes beautiful, is that God has made you, he's made you, listener, far greater promises than what he made in verse 10. You, you don't want the promise of verse 10 compared to the promises that he has given you. The promises that he's given you in Jesus. Because through Jesus, you are forgiven and you are adopted. Ephesians 1, which is our other passage from today, our New Testament passage, says you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of your inheritance. So the Holy Spirit is the down payment on God's ultimate promise. So what is the promise that God has made to you? Well, that promise that Jesus is the true king of the world and Jesus is making all things new. So God, you don't want the promise of verse 10 because God is not bringing you back to Jerusalem. Instead, Revelation 21, God is bringing a new Jerusalem. And so there's, there's a very real sense in which the, maybe not the specifics of verse 11, they don't apply to you. You're not in Babylon. You, you can't use this to say, oh, you know, my situation at work is going to get better necessarily. But the heart of 29 and 11 a thousand percent applies to you. 
that when you are experiencing the disconnect of being a follower of Jesus in a world that seems to be going against him, when you are experiencing the, the pain of, of a broken world, the, the difficulty of, of a marriage, uh, the, the difficulty of work, the difficulty of, and the uncertainty of what lies ahead, right? This, this very much applies to you, that even in the midst of marginalization or persecution or when life just isn't going your way, the call for you is to, to seek the good of the city and the, the relationships and the place that you're in, and that in Christ, you can know for certain that God's ultimate plans for you are, they are for your welfare. They are not for evil. You can know that, and that you do have a future and a hope in Christ. And this is secure and, and, and confident, and you can walk in that. So, so the heart of that promise very much is for you. So leading into a place of prayer, in our CBR, we do adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Uh, from this passage, um, adoration for me, I, I just, I want to worship. God is the God who makes and keeps promises. Isn't that beautiful? God doesn't have to make promises. God, you're, you're beautiful because you, you make promises and you keep them. You are faithful and trustworthy. And confession, as we read this, we remember that this exile that they are in was part of the judgment of God. Uh, we didn't read all the verses late, later in the passage. He, he mentioned specifically uh, that some of the prophets committed adultery with their neighbor's wives. They spoken in God's name lying words. So they didn't love God or their neighbor. They used God to justify their own desires. They, they have not loved their neighbor or honored him. So the heart of that is, they, is not seeing God as God or people as people, but seeing yourself as the center and everything revolves around you. And, and if I'm just honest, yeah, that's, that's in my heart. The heart that, that, that led God to bring this sort of judgment is in my heart, where I want to use God and other people to, to bend to my desires. And I need to confess that. God, that is, that is worthy of judgment. That's what turns this world upside down. I need you. And thanksgiving, thank God for his grace and his faithfulness. That even to people like me who have gone astray, he's sent Jesus, who has secured us far greater promises, and he sent us the Holy Spirit, so we have a deposit of this promise. Thank you that we know that you have a plan for us that is a future and a hope, and we can rest in that. And so supplication, intercession, I, I want to pray. Personally, I just want to pray that, that I would more and more trust in God's plan, that I would uh, posture my heart to trust in his promises and not, not try and make them my own. And I want to follow the, the pattern of uh, verses four through seven. I want to pray for the welfare and the shalom and the good of, of my city. And I want to I pray that wherever I find myself, that, that I can point to the faithfulness of God and the way that I just live my ordinary life that people will see God through the way they see me. I hope that blesses you. Uh, Have a good day, and uh, tune in next time.